0: Good morning, my name's Roy Crown and it's a real privilege to be with you this Sunday. And whether you are in your kitchen, in your bedroom, in your lounge, in your dining room, wherever you are, my prayer for you this morning is that you would encounter God's Spirit in an amazing way. I want to title this talk, A New Start, because it's Pentecost Sunday. And Pentecost Sunday was what released the church in power to transform communities. So I want to talk to you about that first encounter with the Holy Spirit. And it was 10 days after Ascension when Jesus went up into heaven and 50 days from the time when Jesus was crucified. It also tied into the Old Testament, the festival feast of first fruits. So all of this was planned by God in his sovereign purposes to meet you and I today in this place. You see, what God intended for you and I is that we would encounter his spirit so that we never are alone or isolated or locked in without his presence in our lives. So I want to read to you from Acts chapter 2, and it's a prophecy of what's found in Joel 2, verse 28 and 29. And this is what we read. In the last days, God said, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Of the Lord and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved and isn't it interesting that what we read in Acts 2 is this on the day of Pentecost they were all together in one place just like you in your home and suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting so in one place and in a house and my prayer for you this morning is in your house you may discover the presence of God. so I want to hook what I want to say this morning just around three little helpful pe'as to enable us to encounter Pentecost. The first thing is that God in heaven wants you to experience. presence and in experiences his presence there's transformation we are living in unique times and the church is very much alive because it's the spirit that releases us as the people of God because the people of God are the church not the building that's locked but the people of God are the church of Jesus Christ And what the church has done at these times is absolutely amazing. Let me just give you some things that the church, in bringing the spirit into our society and our community has done. They produced a music, a piece of worship actually, called the UK Blessing. This blessing was every church coming together, every stream coming together. I believe it was shown a couple of Sundays ago. Do you know that that particular blessing has been downloaded 2.5 million times? In the first week, it was downloaded, on average, 200 new people looked at it every minute. That's amazing. At the same time that was launched, Tier Fund put out a piece of research on the same day which said that people attending church services online during lockdown, which would normally be between 5 and 7%, jumped to 24% of the British population. That's one in four people attending a church online. Sales of the Bible in the month of April, according to Nelson online bookshop, 55% increase in sales of the Bible and online looking at Alpha has just exploded. You see, Pentecost is very much real and alive today because it's the presence of God that is causing these things to happen. It's the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. I find it amazing as I travel around, there's a number of things that I noticed. And the first thing that I notice is that most of us seem to make the mistake that as an individual, we can't really do very much. And yet, as I look through history, I see time and time and time and time and time again that behind every significant move of God, there has always been an individual that has experienced the presence of God by the Holy Spirit coming into their life. That presence is what I want you to experience where you are in your home on this Pentecost. What I want you to know is the Spirit of God invading your life. John Wesley and Charles Wesley, John on the 24th of May and Charles on the 21st of May, both encountered the Spirit. Up until then they'd been religious, they'd done all sorts of things and good works, but it was the encounter of the Spirit that strangely warmed John Wesley's heart. Charles says that he received the Spirit. But let me tell you the impact on those two lives. Charles Wesley wrote thousands of hymns that we're still singing today. And can it be the father's love? There are so many. But John Wesley went on to change a nation. In the 18th century, he transformed England through the Church of Jesus Christ, loving acts of kindness and social transformation. It was the spirit that took those individual lives and transformed a nation. You see, what we often do is we underestimate what God can do in you and through you. Have you experienced the presence of God? Have you experienced Pentecost? And Pentecost is not just for a stream of the church, Pentecostals. It's for everyone. Why? Because in this prophecy, it says your sons, your daughters, male, female, everyone can experience the spirit of God. You see, previously it was for kings and judges. They had a special calling in the Old Testament. But when the spirit is poured out on Pentecost, it says this, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will receive the Holy Spirit. That becomes for you the life of God. It becomes for you his presence. It becomes for you salvation. It becomes for you forgiveness. So the second thing that we read is once we encounter the presence and don't underestimate what you can do. Secondly, we discover that the gospel is preached. You see, once you encounter the Spirit and experience the love of God, just like John and Charles Wesley, he wrote thousands of hymns. Charles, John preached. He knew that it wasn't a program of self-improvement. It wasn't he'd become religious. He tried that. What he knew was this gospel, this Jesus, that Peter now preaches about who died on a cross for you who's risen and now says to you I want you to receive my spirit says you just need to accept it you just need to invite him into your life and however broken messed up damaged your life is he longs that you know this gospel is the key to your transformation. I had the privilege of uh, going into a prison just local to here in rugby. And while I was in that prison, I had a conversation with a prisoner. This particular prisoner, he was around 32, 33. I won't give you his name, but I asked him what his story was. And he said, are you really interested in my story? I said, I'm really interested in your story. He was from Eastern Europe and his family were fine. Everything was good. And then all of his father's life savings were stolen. As a result of that, his family fell apart. His father turned to drink. In the end, it got so acute that he was taken into care. And while he was taken into care, he was totally confused because his parents never came to see him. He felt broken and he thought the only way that I can see any hope is if I just steal, do drugs and his life spiraled out of control. At 18, he was a mess, he traveled the world and then eventually came to the UK. And he met a girlfriend, but unfortunately, it went completely wrong. He got into trouble, did something stupid, and was in prison. And he says on the prison, not just up the road, but the prison down in London that he was taken into initially, as those big Victorian gates just closed in, he said, I felt suicidal. He said, I felt lost, I felt broken, I felt alone. And I was put in a cell with one other person. And this other guy that was put into, within two days was gonna be coming out. And he shared with me what had changed his life and the presence of God that had come into his life because he understood that Jesus had died on a cross to forgive him and to turn his life around. Now he was more broken than the Eastern European. But he said, my life is totally changed. It's the power of the gospel to change lives. It's this gospel that will transform anyone's life, no matter how broken or successful, no matter how together or untogether. We all need forgiveness. We all need a savior and we all need The Holy Spirit to live differently. So the first thing I want you to realize is that at Pentecost, it was the release of the church because the Spirit of God came on those group of disciples and totally transformed their lives. As a result of that transformation, Peter gets up to tell the story of Jesus of Nazareth, who came into our world lived and died to redeem you. So once you experience the presence of God, you need to preach or proclaim the story of Jesus, because in the end, it is all about Jesus. It's all about what Jesus will do in your life. You see, what we haven't realized or understood is that every other religion Is a program of self-improvement. If you look at any of them, when you get down to it, you will see that you've got to improve yourself. You've got to get better. You've got to do the right thing. The Christian faith is not all about self-improvement. It's about surrender. It's about calling on the name of the Lord. It's about inviting this Jesus to come into my life. It's about inviting this Jesus to come and fill me with his spirit. It's all about you surrendering and quitting and inviting him into your life. So presence, proclamation is key to that. But the final piece, if you look at the disciples and you look at what's happened to them at Pentecost, it's about purpose. You see, without a sense of purpose in our life, our life feels meaningless. I read a great quote just recently that said this, the absence of ambition sparks a life of anxiety and anxiety will always pass on any opportunity. The absence of ambition sparks a life of anxiety And anxiety will always pass on an opportunity. You see, when you experience his presence, you talk about what Jesus has done. There's a purpose that comes into your life and mine. You see, you are unique. You are put together in the heart of the Father actually says in the psalm that he knit us together, our personality, the way we think, what we do. There's a uniqueness about you. And what you need to understand is this. There are works that you and only you can fulfill. Says in Ephesians, I know the good works that I planned for you. There's a sense of purpose. There's a sense of ambition that is not sinful, Because your ambition is to fulfill the calling that is placed on your life. So the reality is that once you experience the spirit, you accept the gospel of Jesus Christ. You then have a sense of purpose about your life. And purpose is fascinating. It's that bit that causes you and I to know that God has a plan for my life. It's that piece of you and I that actually has a sense that someone knit me together, put all of the pieces in Roy Crown or Sue or Jennifer or Peter or David and has said, I don't want you to be isolated and alone. I want you to experience my spirit. I want to acknowledge what Jesus did, and then I want you to fulfill the purpose that I have for you. So that's my prayer for you. In exactly the same way (laughs) that Peter did when he stood up to speak. He may have felt, I'm not good enough. Look at the last three years of my life of following Jesus. It's been a bit hit and miss. Sometimes I've taken some amazing steps forward. Other times I've totally denied what I believe. I feel a sense of failure, but I've been restored by breakfast on a beach. I feel that I'm not really good at saying the right thing at the right time. And yet God believes in me. And yet God wants to come to me. And yet God knows everything that's happened to me and he still loves me. You see, so often we feel ashamed because shame is what we are, not what we do. Guilt is when we do things, we're guilty. But many of us feel shame and feel we can't be used. He could have easily felt that, but he said, no, God, He's created me for a purpose. He's created me and he's given me the presence of his spirit to do what he's asking me to do. There's a brilliant movie, it's a bit historic. It shows my age, called Chariots of Fire. And there's a Christian in the movie and it's at the Olympics and they're just about to run. And as he's about to run, he's sitting in the changing room And he says this, I've got 10 seconds in which to prove the reason for my existence. Then he turns to someone else and as he turns to this other person, he says, no, that's not true. I haven't got 10 seconds to prove the reason for my existence. He says, my life has purpose and that purpose is for what God has created me. And he said, when I run, I feel his pleasure, but he has also made me for China and to go and communicate the gospel. So all of his life had a connection. All of his life was joined up. Whether he was running on the racetrack, he was doing that to the glory of God and feeling God's pleasure, or whether he was communicating the gospel to a group of people that didn't know the love of God It all had a connection. And what I want to say to you this Sunday, this Pentecost, is that God, the living God, has made you for a purpose. He's made you for relationship with him. He's made you to receive his spirit into your life. He's made you to trust what he did on the cross. He's made you to then fulfill the purposes for which God had created you. So in conclusion, on this Pentecost Sunday, I have a prayer for you. And my prayer is an invitation. It's an invitation For you, in exactly the same way as in Acts 2, to call on the name of the Lord and invite him to fill you with his presence. Secondly, if you have experienced his presence, then I want you to tell the story of what Jesus done. Peter stood up and gave a speech. I'm not necessarily asking you to give a speech, but in conversation with friend, with family, with those through WhatsApp group or maybe on a Zoom call or some sort of connection, tell the story, which is God's story. And then you'll discover the purposes of God in your life. But it's all down you taking a step of faith. It's a great story, and I'll conclude with this. of two little children, and the two little children are both in the playground. One's a boy, one's a girl. And you can tell it's a little bit dated. And the little girl's got 10 sweets, and they're all chocolate, and they've got toffee in the middle. And she looks at these sweets, and you just think, I don't think I should eat these sweets. I wonder if I could swap these sweets. And there's a lad in the playground. You can tell how dated it is. It's probably that you would never get this. Well, no, I think they're coming back marbles. And he's got 10 marbles. And they strike up a bit of a relationship. And as they strike up the relationship, (laughs) the girl says, I'll give you all of my sweets for all of your marbles. The lad thinks, and he says, okay, let me think about it. We'll agree what we do tomorrow. They came back into school the next day when schools were open, and uh they were there, and he he decided what he was gonna do. And she was still, yeah, I'm still gonna give you all my sweets. She had 10 sweets, he had 10 marbles. And the time of transaction came, and at a given time, she was gonna drop a bag with all of her 10 sweets in, and he was gonna drop a bag with all of his 10 marbles. But a little thought came into his head. and The thought was this, she doesn't know how many marbles I've got. So the time of this transaction, he chose not to give all of his marbles. He gave eight and kept back two. The agreement was give all. They did the transaction, The little girl walked off completely satisfied, completely at peace. She trusted and she'd given all. The little lad walked off with one nagging thought. I wonder if she gave me all of her sweets. Let me say to you today, the only way you'll really experience the presence of God is to totally trust him. Trust him with everything. Trust him with your future. Trust him with your family. Trust him with your circumstances. Trust him. Give him everything. He will then fill you with his presence. He will transform your life by what he did on the cross. And you will then discover the plans and purposes he has for you. And the rest of your life will be that discovery of living out what God had purposed and planned for you to do. So the choice is yours. I'm gonna pray. And as I pray, it's a very simple prayer. It's been prayed by thousands of people. And it's been prayed by people on village greens, on park benches, in their homes, kneeling by their bed. And this one prayer where you've called on the name of the Lord could transform everything in your life. So let's pray. Father, thank you that you know me by name. Thank you that you know the family I've been born into or the lack of it. You know, the isolation, the loneliness, the guilt that I feel, maybe the shame. I ask you now to fill me with your presence. Thank you what you did on the cross was for me. I ask you now to help me discover the plans that you have for me and totally fulfill them in the power of the holy spirit in jesus name amen if you prayed that prayer it's really important that you make a connection there's a way that you can connect with beck here at the church There's a phone number, you could email us. We'd love to help you to discover the plans and purposes that God has for you. Thanks very much for listening. God bless you.